Hello, friends, and welcome to There's No People Like Show People, the podcast that connects and reconnects the theater community, inspires hope, and strives to help people not feel so alone. I am your host, Sarah Philobom. It's too darn hot. It's too darn hot. Welcome to summer here at There's No People Like Show People. (laughs) Uh, You know, one of life's greatest gifts is the ability to laugh at yourself. I'm so glad you're joining us today. If you haven't already, please check out our merchandise store at www.there'snopeoplelikeshowpeople.itemorder.com. There you will find all kinds of goodies. Each purchase supports honest storytelling and really helps us out. And if you like what you hear, don't be shy and reach out. Follow us on Instagram at There's No People Like Show People or give us a five-star rating and leave us a written review. We absolutely love hearing from you. Thank you so much for your continued support. Wherever you are in the world today, I hope you're having a fabulous day filled with much love and joy. Oh, friends, I am just like, I'm so thrilled. There's just, there's so much going on. And in, in the world of Sarah Philobom, there is always so many things going on. And I'm like, why? And you know, I do it to myself. Like, it's, it's my own damn fault. So I'm like, why do I keep taking on so many projects? Why do I feel so crazy? Why? Because I just think there's this, there's so many things that I want to do and that I want to accomplish. And then I realize there's only 24 hours in a day and you can't be everywhere doing everything with everyone. But I am just, my heart is so happy right now. I'm, I'm with, we have a fantastic guest for you today. She's so funny and charming and talented, smart, hardworking, um, I, we're going to get to a story later on today in the episode where we talk about some of my literal absolute favorite dressing room moments <laughs> that I have ever had because they have been so real and so raw, like truly like zipping up costumes and crying. So we will get to that. Um, welcome to the podcast, Erin Churchill. Hi! <laughs> excited to be in your presence again because it's been literally years and through a pandemic and through some of the hardest times of our lives I feel yes that we have not been I don't know communicating or or around each other so I'm so thrilled that you're in town and that we could make this happen yes because I am not I I don't say no often so Mm -hmm. I get it. I totally get it. Yeah, you get it. I know. I feel like she's wearing a t-shirt right now that says FEARLESS in in all capital letters. Can we be real? I slept in this. Um, (laughs) It it, it is, um, I like to call this like a a nice brunch time (laughs) podcast episode because I just saw her in Beauty and the Beast last night at Circa 21 Dinner Playhouse. (laughs) She was wearing a Golden Fork costume. I... All the glory, <laughs> all the fame, all exactly, all the fame, and we. Um, I'm tired, you know. Like we, I was up late. Um, I'm getting ready to go to a wedding tonight again. All the things, but we are we are recording in a in a, lo- a lovely historic bed and breakfast. So 
This is a lovely atmosphere, and the fact that you can do this wherever you go mm-hmm. is just a testament to, to how um, fearless you are, because you just, you're doing this. You are making it happen, and... Thank you. It doesn't have to be perfect. Life isn't perfect. No, <laughs> no. This is this is the um, perfectly imperfect podcast called "There's No People Like Show People," where half the time I have no idea what I'm doing, and um, I just put, try to put more honest storytelling out into the world in hopes of helping to make people not feel so alone. Yeah, this is the end of one of my crazy times this year that mm-hmm. I agreed to do a billion things and started to do a billion things and life change and this, that, and the other. And I, you know, you coming here and saying, let's do this podcast is like, okay, this is the time to do it because I can't overthink it. Let's just do it. No, <laughs> we're in it. We're in it. We, it's truly, this is the raw cutting room floor here. It's real and raw. Um, okay. Bef- before we get too crazy, yes. would you tell our listeners, where are you from and how did you first get into theater? Okay. I am originally from Rockton, Illinois, which Mm -hmm. is a little town on the northern border of Illinois and Wisconsin. I I started doing theater uh, with, you know, community theater in Rockford, Illinois. There's this this amazing facility. Uh, It's outdoor. Uh, It now has a hydraulic roof that they're allowed to do shows during the, the... when it rains or storms or whatever. And so that it's just a, it's a magical place to have grown up and done theater. But I actually went to shows there when I was little and told my mom that, you know, I want to do that. So that's how it kind of all started. She got me in lessons and, uh, I had seen a production of big river there. And of course they start singing river in the rain Mm-hmm. And the sky's open and it starts raining and they're all barefoot and there's rain on the on the stage and it's just you know you can't <laughs> you can't make that up like no. that's that's the magic of what theater is and what makes us addicted to it. So. Yeah, so true. Um, what is the first show that you did? I did. I had auditioned there and got in a production of Rags, which mm-hmm. is not terribly well known, but it is. A, sequel of sorts to Fiddler on the Roof Mm -hmm. and man it was just it was a beautiful production and I was able to actually do that production again later when I was in college and it was just this whole full circle moment of of being able to to experience that show not even not just as an 11 year old when I did that one but you know as a forming adult and yeah I I people say, well, you know, why do you do theater? I'm like, I don't know why I do theater. <laughs> I do it because I've always done it. I'm like, that's a crap answer. Yeah. Um, I have had bouts of my life where I haven't been in shows. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you go see a show or you're watching a movie and you hear a lyric or you hear a sound clip or a, a line of music and you go, holy crap, here's the waterworks. And you just... I turn into a mess and I go, oh, that's why I do theater. It's because it helps me have feelings because mm-hmm. I have to compartmentalize mm-hmm. and I have so many parts of my life where I try to be responsible and I'm trying this and that, I'm this Aaron, I'm that Aaron, I'm that. And uh, that music and that world helps me know I'm not dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> But that's what keeps bringing me back. It's like, oh, oh, I am a human. (laughs) 
I, I can feel. I can feel. I know how to, I am not a corpse. I'm a robot. <laughs> this world can really break you down. And, yeah. Uh, that's, uh, I think that's what keeps bringing me back, so... Yes. Okay. Before I always do like a little sound check with my guests just to make sure that the technology is working. And um, would you please share your sound check with everybody? Well, the, whether <laughs> whether I have lines or not in a show, it always becomes I, Aaron, being of sound mind and body, do hereby promise to be loyal, courteous, steadfast, and true to Conrad Birdie and the United States of America, both <laughs> indivisible with liberty and justice for all. <laughs> We love you, Conrad. Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> I always say I love doing that show. I did it once, and I hate watching that show. So I will be in it. If you want to cast me in that show, I will be in that show. But I hate going to see it, so I will never be in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I did that show when I was in high school. And, of course, I played Ursula. <laughs> of course you did! Yes, yes. That's a great who, role for you. Yeah, thank you. She is, like, super fan. You know, she is obsessed. <laughs> the president of the Conrad Birdie fan. wacky best friend. Yeah, always. Yeah. Yeah. I am always the wacky best friend. <laughs> or, like, the weird, like, magical creature. You know, like, the weird ghost. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, just mm-hmm. something. But those, those are the best parts to play. It is. I think. I think it's more fun. Yeah. But there's less... You don't have to feel inhibited or, or held in or, or constricted by, I have to be perfect or I have to be, you no, you could be wacky and the wackier the better. Yeah. 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 Uh, what, do you, what do you think are some things that you've really struggled with when it comes to this career? <sighs> it's, it's the expectations behind it. It's what people, I think because I danced so many times between the world of real office life and theater world that it's what is successful what is uh what do other people view as successful what do I view as successful and like for so long I viewed success as being able to pay my bills Mm -hmm. whether it's you know yeah they're small bills and I'm keeping them small because I can only pay small bills that to me was really successful for a long time but now that's kind of shifted because, you know, because I have day jobs and I am able to do more and um, it's more, I think, being happy doing theater. Mm. What makes me happy doing theater? Mm-hmm. And it's not having a big role. It's not doing those... Some, sometimes, like, I, I was able to do Kathy in Singing in the Rain and I... That was huge to me yeah. because I that was one thing I'd wanted to do for so long and I was able to do it and mm-hmm. that to me was was a big thing. But it, but that's like having lead roles is not in the market of my happiness. That isn't it for me. It's it's just being being happy performing. I love to dance. I love to act. Mm-hmm. Singing, I'll sing, but I'm not gonna do something just to sing. I think that's terrible. I, I I don't know. That's not me. That's right. not Aaron. I will sing, but I, I don't look out jobs just to be a singer. Yeah. But I just... So being an ensemble... Like right now, I'm in Beauty and the Beast, and mm-hmm. I, you know, people are like, oh, you're an ensemble. I'm like, yeah, I'm an ensemble. It's, it's the best ever. Yeah. It's low stress, and it's so much fun, and I get to yeah. dance, and I get to sing, and I get mm-hmm. to be wacky when it's supposed to be wacky, and I get to... I, I, that. That's me. That's Aaron. Mm-hmm. I don't... 
um, need the, I guess, the glory behind having the lead roles. Or that That's the challenge to me is to find that balance of what other people think and what you think is mm. what you're supposed to be. Um, even early on when I first had said I wanted to do theater as a profession and wanted to go to school for theater, it was this convincing my parents because my dad didn't want me to go into theater he said I will only support you financially going into theater uh, going going to college if you don't go to theater Mm. so he was okay with me going into like graphic design which is uber stable but (laughs) yeah question mark (laughs) in his mind again it's his opinion and his so I was trying to appease him so I was like okay well then I can't go into theater and then I did a production, I think it was Seven Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. I played Millie, and my parents came to see it, and they went, uh, I can't not let her do this, because mm-hmm. this is obviously what she's supposed to do or, or wants to do. Or yeah, yeah. There was, you know, they, they were able to see through that. But again, it was only, I was trying to appease them, and I was trying to, what would it have been if they had stuck their ground, if my dad had stuck his ground and said he wouldn't support me in doing theater, would I have gone into it? Would I have gone to school for it? Yeah. I don't... I. It was so important to me to make other people happy and, and him happy. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, I think that that's a very common story. You know, that's a very common story when kids are graduating high school and they're first... They're trying to figure out, like, what where, where do they want to go and what do they want to do and who do they want to be? And, yeah, I think it's... Um, I don't know. It's interesting. Some families are like super supportive all about it. And then some are not supportive at all. And then a lot are kind of like in between, you or know, they can shift and they can change yeah. their minds and they can, right. you know, they see what's important eventually mm-hmm. being happy. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. We can't be angry all the time. We have to be happy. I know. It's not worth it. So I know. And, and I've spent a lot of time being angry. <laughs> Preach. Preach. I've spent too much time Ugh. being angry about, I don't know, very, and some things were like stupid to be angry about, and some things were very valid to, I find to that, be angry about. I find that anger comes from being passionate about something. Yeah. That's the struggle, because we're so passionate about what we do. Mm-hmm. Yes, That's, yes. I think, because I'm trying to figure it out. Right. I'm trying to dance around mental health and try to mm-hmm. be happy and do what we do. What def- it defines us and how do we define ourselves when we're not doing that, when we're making other choices. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is like a perfect segue into, into, cause it's all kind of related. So how do you define success? <laughs> success in in what form in theater in yeah life? I, I don't know but all both it can be both all just any like how do you feel I don't know like when do you feel like you are most successful in your life my I find success when I am doing good at whatever it is mm-hmm. I I know that I can do, I, I am a jack of all trades. Yep. A lot of things that I do, I do really well. And I yep. don't have to work hard at it, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like I am a master of anything. And that has been a huge struggle in my life hmm. where, yeah, I can dance, but I'm not a great dancer. 
and I not I can sing, but I'm not a great singer. And I can function in the office world and and that executive sort of world, but I'm not really great at it. But mm-hmm. I and I think when people again, it's about approval. When people help me yeah. feel like I'm doing really good at that one thing, that's when I feel really successful. Yeah. And it but again, it's based off of other people's opinions and hmm. what, I don't know. I, I guess when I'm organized, when I'm like right now, my mindset is going into where I'm at right now is I've accepted this new position with a law firm as an executive, uh, executive and personal assistant. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's a, a, a big leap from what I was doing before, but not so much because all the other places that I was working were, they always gave me more responsibilities in the same vein. So I'm doing essentially doing the same thing I've always been doing is because, mm-hmm. oh, Erin, Erin's on top of it. She can take care of it. She, yeah, she's with it. She's stable. She's, <laughs> I, that's what's so funny. I'm not, I'm not stable. <laughs> you know, we're all insane. Well, I am incredibly stable over here. So <laughs> that's why I think we, we get a lot of When I look up the definition of stability in the Oxford Dictionary, I just see a picture of my headshot. <laughs> not at all. Like, literally, not, not at all. And also, like, I think, like, what comes to mind is, like, work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what is that? And where... And, and, and like, this career, it kind of feels like you have to be married to your career, mm-hmm in order to be successful or to get ahead or to get the next job all in yeah in the in the tub right but but how do you have a a quote-unquote normal life or and I kind of feel like you've done both like you have a house Mm -hmm. and you have dogs but you also are an artist but you also do other things Mm -hmm. like your whole life isn't just completely consumed by the theater right right and I that has to do too with I think how I was brought up and my expectations of how my dad was a hard worker, mm-hmm. but I think I always knew I got to pay my bills. I got to do this. I got to do that. So in between doing, you know, when I was still a young adult, getting theater gigs and moving from place to place and not having a, a stable home environment, really, I took temp jobs. And mm-hmm. so I filled in the gaps by whatever town I was in, I would have a temp job. And so I think that helped that not only filled that uh, need to be a responsible adult and pay my bills no matter what, mm-hmm. but it also gave me the background of being in an office and being able to like eventually, like I am now, taking on full-time positions in the office and not feel like, hi, I'm an actress and I don't know what I'm doing, but I can <laughs> pretend like I'm doing it until I'm, you know. Oh, yeah. The reason why, over the years, I always hear stories about my friends getting temp jobs or full-time jobs mm-hmm. in the office. And they're always like, yeah, they're just surprised I show up. It's because theater people are such hard workers. Yes. And it's not anything other than showing up and mm-hmm. being a human and making eye contact when you have a conversation. And mm-hmm. I mean, all these things that is why theater is so such a magical, wonderful place is because it teaches all that skill set when you're growing up. And then you become, <laughs> I know we, we always joke about how insane we all are. But that <laughs> essentially is being normal. Right. The actual normal of being able to feel and to function. Yes. To... Yes. Well, I, I found in the theater world that the bar, the expectation bar is just set like way higher mm-hmm. 
than in the real world, which, which is a good and it's a double-edged sword. It's a good and a bad thing okay. because it does teach you accountability. It teaches you a good, like a hard work ethic. Mm-hmm. It teaches you to show up consistently every day. But what you were asking before, <clears throat> I had to make sacrifices. Yeah. I yeah. chose to not do theater for five years because I knew we were we were renting a place now we had a my husband and I at the time we were renting in Davenport Mm -hmm. while he was working at the theater and while we were I kind of was getting jobs there and then it yeah don't get me wrong I just didn't do professional stuff Mm -hmm. I did um I got an outlet in creative outlet but um that's also how I paid off my student loans like I paid it off before I was 30 and I think okay I know I was really sad about not doing theater but I know why I did that and I know it all makes sense now and yeah we're unhappy but we have to find why we're doing it in the moment when do we ever find why we're doing something when we're doing it it's always after the fact right um (laughs) that's so true so it's we do. We have to make these really hard choices, whether it's something we choose to do or something that happens to us, mm-hmm. and we have to be responsible. So it's <clears throat> it's not that we don't want to do what the theater. We don't. It's not that we don't want to be creative. It's that we're still we're just trying to be real to who we are and real to who we've joined up with in life mm-hmm. and nobody's got it figured out and no. social media is really fun because it <laughs> because, because you can fake it. it you can fake it yeah you, you can, can pretend but I look at it as I know people look at social media as being bad because it you can lie to the world right but I, I think of it as helping you to find where the joy is and to explore to tell the world your joy so that you can feel that you can appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. Anyway. It's no, our scrapbook. What do we put right. bad things in our scrapbooks? I don't, yeah, I don't know. no, not really. It, yeah. And it's kind of like, it's like sharing. It's like back in the day when grandma would write this lengthy letter and, you know, like and include a bunch of pictures of the family and would like send it out. It's like the newsletter kind of, of like what you're doing and, where you are and, uh, you know, and here's pictures and lot, and watching the kids grow up and yep. how so-and-so and what show are you working on and what's next and, you know, I don't know. What's next? I have, I have absolutely no clue. I have no idea. And, like, that terrifies me. I don't, I don't like knowing, not knowing what's next. Does grandma put in the letter <laughs> that, you know, Uncle Jojo got arrested again or <laughs> I, mean, I mean sometimes I, sometimes I guess I guess it depends on your grandma <laughs> you know? like that's the GoFundMe pages <laughs> <laughs> this is great <laughs> oh my god I, I feel like we're laughing so much like we're like crying over here I, I, I cry through life no I know I know no, me too I'm just so tired too yeah but today's closing night of yep. the show that we're doing and it's emotional it's an emotional day. It is. Yeah. It's bittersweet. Yeah, of course. I, th- I think every closing is bittersweet. It really is. Even if it's a show that, like, you really love doing and, and you love the cast and 
you know, it, it still is better, but because you're tired, you know, you're like, I'm full time yeah. during the week and trying to learn that new job because it's only been about a month and a half and, mm-hmm. but I'm also living my best life in the theater and well, and we were talking last night after the show. So Beauty and the Beast is your first performing job back since the pandemic started. Yes. Yeah. How has that been? So, we'll <laughs> go back a, a bit to 2019. So, mm-hmm. 2019 was an awesome year because I did so much theater. I was yeah. on so many shows at Circa, um, but I also had a part-time job that was super flexible. So, I was able to do 25 hours a week while I was in all these shows. And it was mm-hmm. just like, oh my God, I'm making it work. I'm, li- I'm getting, you know, yep. I'm able to pay all these bills mm-hmm. and I'm able to even save money and I'm able... But as my husband calls it, it was a runaway train year because I, at one point in time while I was crossing over two shows at once and doing that part-time job, I mean, that was upwards of 80 plus hours a week in those couple weeks. And it wasn't until I went back and tallied all that and I thought, oh my God, I can't do that. I cannot do that. And so when 2020 hit, as far as... January of 2020, I told myself, we're, I'm taking some time off. So I had some yeah. job opportunities as far as people wanted me to submit for some things and people gave me some offers and I was like, no. What I did accept was a choreography job with a community theater here in town. Yeah. So once March hit, everything got canceled and I was kind of okay with that still because it was still a break. Mm-hmm. So 2020 was that forced break that I had already kind of decided on and I was like, okay, well, t- yeah. To me, I was okay with it. <clears throat> However, and at that time, I think I had accepted to do Beauty and the Beast only as ensemble because I thought that's still low-level stress for yep. me. So, I, yes, I will gladly yep. fill in the gaps of a, a female ensemble role and, and love it. Yeah. Everything got canceled. And then in June of 2020, my dad uh, had found out he had a three to six months with liver cancer. Hmm. And so that to me was also serendipitous of what other time would I have had free on nights and weekends to get home yep. to be there um, for him. And so again, to me, the pandemic was serendipitous and I know mm-hmm. it was hard for so many people, but I yep. just, it, I, it all happened for me for a reason. So we took, <laughs> We were like, okay, Dad, you still feel great. What do you want to do? And he's like, I want to travel because I love to travel. And you go, oh, crap, it's a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) What a crap hand to be dealt. Yeah. Um, So we jumped in a 1998 motorhome and went out to Colorado for nine days. And it is everything that you would think of as the best dysfunctional, heartfelt, family vacation you've ever you ever did see I'm still yeah. working on the the screenplay for that one but it's gonna be magical once I sit down and actually put it to paper but yeah uh when else would I have been able to go and do that and be there for him and then luckily he had a full year and a half as opposed to three to six months yeah what sucked was that they kept telling him three to six months, three to six months during that right. time. So, of course, he's, he's saying his goodbyes every other day. <laughs> and like, yeah, and you're like, <laughs> right. Uh, you're still here. Yeah. You're still driving around. You're, you're, you're fine. You're, yeah. Just don't live in that mindset. So, 
Anyway, we finally lost him in December of this last year. Mm-hmm. And even through that time, the, the last year, he kept saying, what, you know, when, when's your next show? When are you going to mm-hmm. do a show again? And I kept having to tell him, like, it didn't matter to me. Because right. I was, at that point, theater was starting to open up. And at that point, I was getting calls to submit and to, to do things. And I was like, I, this is way more important right now. Yep. And I, I am lucky to have the knowledge that this is the last couple months. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I, so that was another sacrifice choice that wasn't a sacrifice. I mean, I, yep. but because theater is crack, I probably, had the pandemic not happened, but I would have still t- t- taken all those jobs and yep. I still wouldn't have gotten <clears throat> forced out of that mindset. I'm so thankful for that time. And it was yep. still incredibly hard for way other reasons. And yeah. Um, so then, yeah, then Beauty and the Beast popped up again and they said, do you want to do it? And I said, sure. Why the hell not? Yeah. <laughs> you were like... Dad would want me to do this. So. Yeah, I know, I know. The, da- the dad that didn't want me to go into theater originally. You know, uh-huh. it all, it's all full circle. It's all full circle. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow, that's just... Um, Don't cry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm crying up yeah. for everybody. I know. No, you're making me cry. It just reminds me of my mom so much. And I lost my mom in 2020 and yeah. that was really hard. And it's still really hard. And it, I just wonder, everyone talks about being on some kind of grief journey. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, when does the grief journey end? Oh, it doesn't. It like never ends. <laughs> it's like a never ending grief journey. I'm like, okay, cool. So this is just reality now. Like, yeah. And my mom, you know, I can relate to so much to your story because she was so supportive of my career growing up. Like, we, we saw every show, you know, uh, literally any show was going on we were like let's go see it you know like community theater shows high school productions regional theater shows national tours that would come through um we would just sometimes we just drive up to new york and go see a show just for the day because we were only a couple hours away so like so supportive so supportive of me like going into college for musical theater Mm -hmm. supportive of my like 10 year regional theater performing career and and then i became a mom Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden she was like well you're a mom now so no more like you theater is just like not shouldn't be a priority anymore and I was like what (laughs) I was like that doesn't make any sense like we met you know (laughs) like you've been so supportive of my career for the last 30 years like I don't feel like I should have to just completely give it up just because I'm a mom now and so and that was you know she was a lot I'm glad that I was able to again everything happens for a reason even if you can't really necessarily see those reasons until way later. Mm-hmm. But looking back, you're like, oh, okay. Yep, now I know why I went through that. Or, But I'm glad that I that Sophie was born um, a year and a half before my mom passed away. Oh, my God, that is so Be- lucky. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. was able to spend that time with her. Right, I- exactly. And it was kind of the same thing. Dress like, her up! <laughs> we, I know, I know. My mom bought... My, uh, my mom was such a generous person, and um, she was always sending gifts to people in the mail and, and, and giving people money, and she was just very generous. And, and she bought so many clothes for Sophie. I mean, like, when Sophie was, like, a newborn... She had dresses for her from, like, age newborn up to age five. Like, I still keep finding random boxes of clothes, like, around the house that my mom would go, like, on Facebook Marketplace and be like, oh, Sarah, 
$5 box of baby girl clothes, you know, like stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I miss her so much. I really, I really do. And, but yeah, I think oftentimes we have these complicated relationships with our family where it's like, Sometimes they're supportive and sometimes they're not supportive, but they're only supportive under these like <laughs> circumstances. Yeah. And I'm like, but that's not really being fully supportive. Mm-hmm. Like, that's confusing. And and you're right. And I think like, wh- why? Like, what what? Why do you why do you think that you have been doing this for as long as as you have been? Like, why why do you think you keep doing shows? Uh, I'm partially addicted. I mean, it's it's an addiction. Let's be real like crack um I love being active I just mm-hmm. turned 40 this year so that's been a whole nother realm of like <laughs> what can I do what other what do other people think I can do like <laughs> I I mean yeah I've aged I'm not gonna say I don't look 40 but I think in the uh, I don't know in the world I don't look 40 to, to some people but <sighs> I don't feel 40, and that's fine. I feel like I can dance around a lot of people that are in their 20s and move and, you know. Mm-hmm. I, but that's because I know that that's my mental health and that's my sanity is moving and dancing. And, um, you know, we've, we've talked about, you know, our mental health journeys over the years and different <clears throat> aspects of that. And, you know, staying healthy is part of my mental health Um just because I, I get crazed when I start to either gain weight or not feel as as peppy as I used to. or mm-hmm. um, So that has always kept me active and kept me dancing and kept me taking those contracts that are, mm-hmm. that move. And, and I just, I just, I find so much joy in dancing and just getting that energy out there. It's, um, I mean, that's really what keeps me, me doing it. I love to be creative and, um, you know, I met my husband doing theater. And Aww, every yeah. day at our yeah. house, there's something wacky and creative and theatrical that happens. Every every moment in that house is, mm-hmm. is um, you know, there's something joyful that nobody else would understand. <laughs> 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 no reality show happening. <laughs> no cameras in that house. No. But yeah. that's, it's a, it's a part of who we are. That's why we still do it. Yep. You know, you do it from the age 11 on. <laughs> You can't not go, oh, yeah, that'd be fun. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. And I wish Brett and I could do shows together, but the reality of it is you have, you know, it's, it's those choices that you have to make because yeah. now we don't feel stuck having a home. We just, we don't feel stuck having our dogs. That's just our choices that we've made that, yeah. okay, this is, no, this is what we want. And right. we just got to make those those choices and if kids happen, you know, who knows? Who knows what the future may hold? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? <laughs> and um, who knows what shows I will do or won't do in the future. Right. I, I'm able, I don't know, because, because my resume's filled, I don't feel like I have to do shows to get roles on my resume. I've done yeah. a lot of, I've had, I'm so lucky to have had those opportunities to do great stuff. So it's not about the resume. It's not... <clears throat> It's it's about doing good stuff too. Yep. Um, I I don't want to do stuff just to do stuff. I want to do it knowing that the people I'm with are going to hold up to quality because mm-hmm. I try to hold up to quality. Yep. 
that's also a part of the frustration of it all is to, you know, when you, you don't know that signing on to something, you don't, you just, yeah. yeah. It's, it's always really special when you are in a rehearsal process with a group of artists who all like really work really hard Mm -hmm. and like want to be there and are very passionate about whatever show you're doing. Yes. And we all show up every single day and we all just like, you know, pour our heart and soul and time and energy and, and everything like collectively, like as the whole, because it really, you're, you're creating something so special together, like, like a, a once in a life, a one of a kind, like this specific group of people and this specific show at this will never happen again. And this specific, you know what I mean? Like, so it is very special. And when it turns out to be a quality show in spite of the struggles or the challenges that some that have trickled in the show that we're doing right now that we're closing tonight is one of those shows. It has turned into a lovely experience Mm -hmm. in spite of a lot of really challenging things that have trickled in over the course of from from the very beginning whether it was people getting COVID and getting sick and having to fill people in to just keeping everybody's safety in mind and you know just Mm -hmm. keeping everybody on track to do to do a good show and those kids those kids love the show and we love watching the kids watch the show Mm -hmm. and the you know the, the audience has been so receptive and that's I think a testament to how good this group is and how focus this group is to do that good work so um it's you know it's <laughs> that's what we try to do right <laughs> with our fingernails dug in <laughs> we need to... i know i know do you have a favorite theater memory or story that you would like to leave our listeners with today i have several involving you oh i'm see my memory I'm not going to base it on I'm 40 or that I'm old, that I don't remember stuff. I base it off of that. I've just got so much running through my brain at every yep. given time, and there's so many really good memories that they yeah. fly out, and I love being reminded of those, so I want to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. My, I'll tell a quick one that always comes to mind. I was doing a production of Cats. It was at Circa 21 Dinner Playhouse, and it was the middle of May in a 100-year-old theater building, so we all have spandex and fur and this that and the other and we are near the end and I wish I could remember what the name of it is but we're Deuteronomy the old yep cat is up center upstage and the rest of us cats are in a very um regal stance Mm -hmm. with you know with our backs to the audience in a semicircle, focusing on him singing very regally and he all of a sudden, not he, over over the loudspeaker, over the, the, the whole auditorium, over the speakers, we hear this, Oh no. And we're just kind of looking around because we're not supposed to be doing anything. We're like, what? What is that? And we realize that our Rum Tum Tugger, who is supposed to be standing up next uh-huh. to Deuteronomy, isn't there. And we think, oh, where's that? Where is he? And all of a sudden we realize that he is sick backstage, vomiting because of heat stroke. He had had some like bouts of like, oh, he's getting overheated because yeah. that character has so much more fur and leather yep. and this, that, and the other. And we're like, so we start laughing because we don't know what else to do at that point because it's so ridiculous that the, his mic was still up because he's supposed to be on stage and he is vom- oh, vomiting no. during this very just calm 
moment, yes. this very nice moment. It's supposed to, during during a production of Cats, and so <laughs> heat stroke ended up making us all start to convulse, and it, it that's that's my story. Oh wow! Oh wildlife man. theater. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! That's I I know exactly that. I I love Cats. I I I love Cats. Is like I think probably one of my like guilty pleasure musicals because it's so ridiculous and like so out ridiculous. there. Yeah. And fun. It's fun. It's just it's like rolling around on the floor in a unitard for two hours. And <laughs> oddly enough, my father, who is a machinist and he loves motorcycles and he does love theater because mm-hmm. I loved theater. Cats is his favorite show. Okay, um, that's similar to my father as well. <laughs> Isn't that wacky? He also loves cats. <laughs> loves he it. Loves it. <laughs> like anytime I'd be watching it, my dad'd be like, "Ooh, cats is on." <laughs> yes. He'd be like, "Why didn't you tell me you were watching cats?" <laughs> he even liked the movie, and I, I have not no. even witnessed the movie. Oh, the movie is, is something oh, else. Man. It is something else. Oh gosh, that's that's too good. That's just rum to, It's too good. You too know good. what I mean? Um, What's your story? Oh wow! Well, I I really I have two actually, and mo- most of them. So we did two Christmas contracts together where we were backstage and we were in the same dressing room, mm-hmm. both times. Dressing room three. That's it. Is my favorite dressing room. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm not in there this time, but at circa, and we <laughs> sat in that dressing room, and I don't know what it was, but our tracks in the show for some reason. So we did Elf in 2017. And then in 2018, we did Annie together. And everybody else in that dressing room, the show would start and everybody else would leave to go, you know, do the show. And for some reason, our tracks in both of those shows, the fr- we weren't in the first 15 minutes mm-hmm. of the show. Yeah. So we didn't really need to, like, be, like, ready at places. We had, like, that, that cushy extra time. Yes. And we literally, like, everyone would go away and it was just me and Aaron time. And we would have, like, the most, like, deep, thoughtful talks about just, like, life. And, and it was always like, okay, let me, let me zip up your costume, let me zip up your costume. And then, and I almost kind of feel like, not that we were, like, waiting for everyone to leave, because we also, like, really loved everybody else in that dressing room. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it was, like, our nice little, like, one-on-one yeah. time. And I, like, really cherished that. And, like, that's honestly some of my favorite memories of being at Circa 21, was that time because I both of us were going through some really, really, really hard things. Yeah, one of those contracts I was going through some stuff and other contract you were going through some stuff. So we did a nice little flip flop to where we could be there for each other. Yes, yes. You're right, because it was like one year you were going through some hard life stuff and then well and then the next year I was pregnant, so um <laughs> you didn't have any emotions or any <laughs> no. any hormone issues. No. But it's just like I remember this one you know, and I had a lot of a lot of problems with the biological father of my child, um, and it was an unplanned pregnancy. I, you know, I still like it is literally bonkers to me to think that I performed in six shows while pregnant, and then since Sophie has been born, I, she's only three. I've worked on another fifteen shows, like in that three year time span, like. And there was a pandemic going on, and I became a single mother. Can there be and- anything else? Can we add another layer? <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand why the universe is like throwing at me some like real hard roadblocks here. They're like, it is making it real hard for me to do theater, and I, I don't, I'm just still fighting for it because I know in my soul, like, I don't understand why I can't do both. There's lots of working artist mothers out there. Lots. Yes, and, and it, it is an element that needs to be 
filtered into the theater world. Yeah. More. But it, it's, it's just a, it's a part of why theater is so hard because it's not supported correctly and it's not, it's just, mm-hmm. it's how society views it as this extra thing when it's a necessary thing for life and for mm-hmm. society. It's, you have, it's an element that has to be there and it's not supported in that way and that's what really sucks. And I was actually just telling my husband this morning about this interview I heard from Idina Menzel. Mm-hmm. She was talking about how, yes, she is in, in the most privileged position in what we do in this mm-hmm. career. She's she's well known, her name is known and she gets these great roles and she gets great pay. And, and now that she has a family because she's allowed to do that financially, she can there's still this dynamic where it's not even just that she has an understudy and she's able to take time off to be with her children, but health wise. Mm-hmm. So her kid's sick and she has to juggle the concept of snuggling with this kid, not to miss a show, but that she might get sick and not be able to do the show. Yep. And so she's going to snuggle with the kid with the runny nose. Of course. Of course. You're our mother. Like, yes, of course you're going to. Yeah. So it's these choices too that's mm-hmm. looked upon, and it's it's hard. It's, it's hard. All, they're it's all really choices, hard. but it's part. Again, you look at it and you say, "This is part of our job. Our health is part of our job." So we chose to do this, and we. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's hard when you're Idina Menzel and you're on the playbill, and they're like, "Oh, well, I'm not paying this money for." <laughs> <laughs> not to yeah. say Idina, but yeah, yeah. So I, you're right. I, I really think. Out of all the struggles, I just, my biggest struggle has been juggling motherhood and my theater career. How, how do I do both, um, especially financially, emotionally, time-wise, like, um, it's hard. And I'm, and I am on this journey, I'm like still really trying to figure it out. I don't, I don't have it all figured out. I really don't. Um, but I just, that one, that there's like this one like really specific moment that sticks out to me and it was during uh, the run of Annie I don't remember I think we were like a month in at this point so this would have been it was Christmas time you know so of course all the the feelings are just heightened because it's Christmas and Mm. holidays and the show and I'm pregnant and um I I we had I had sort of come to the terms that I'm like oh I I am going to like be a single mom and I'm going to have to do a lot of this alone. And we were getting ready for the show and it was just too much for me. And I just, I had a massive crying breakdown. I'll never, I will never forget this. It, I mean, what an incredible dressing room of like powerful women. Because it was you, it was me, it was Deb Kennedy, yeah, yeah. and it was Shelley Wall Jasper. Yeah. And like, it was all of us just like... In various state, like tights, wig caps, makeup, you know, various stages of getting ready for the show. And we were just all in this like beautiful, like community group hug. Supportive. Yes, yes. And yes, exactly. I think there is so much support um, within this community. Um, There really is. Um, So I think, you know, listeners, if you are out there and you were like, I don't know what's next. Should I get? Should I give up on my theater career? Should I be doing something else? If you're in college, like, should I switch my major? Should, I don't know when the next show is. Like, I I think you just have to make the best choice for what where you are right now. Cause it's only for now. It's only for now. <laughs> 
favorite kind of song every moment of my life. <laughs> because everything it is. It's temporary. Every, yeah, yeah and, and don't and don't be afraid to reach out and, and ask for help. Yeah. That's it. We're all going through it. It may yeah. not look like it on Facebook. Yeah, you you they they got some great um, filters on Instagram. Let me let me tell you, um, Aaron. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for. I know you were super busy and you're you're get getting ready to go watch a designer run and you got close happy closing. And a, we a, have a, theater friends getting married. And we got we got a the, a big theater oh, wedding happening tonight. The marriage of the like, century. <laughs> oh, it truly is. It truly is. Um, so yeah, just thank you for, um, just always being a wonderful friend, a wonderful human. Um, I love, anytime I see your name on a cast list, like for, it, it doesn't matter what show or whatever. I'm like, yes, this person should be in the show. <laughs> like, what, I love you. What, thank you. I love you. I love you so much. <laughs>